friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. You know who we are. I'm Kayla. Here with me is my twin, Kali J. Swim, bum, 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 ba, dum, bum, bum, I'm back again, dee, doot, dee, doot, doot. Kali J still trying out. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> New intros. <laughs> I forgot, I will just, I, the whole time I was like, what did you like, what did you like? I like saying bling, bling. No, 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 I just popped off there. <laughs> and sometimes you gotta pop off, and if there's one thing our listeners know... <laughs> You gotta pop and sometimes off. you gotta pop off. <laughs> and this is a, a safe pop-off zone, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I know this is gonna come out in early January, but at the time of recording, it's still December, which makes this our end-of-the-year recap ep. Uh, we are also gonna talk about a movie, but I do want you to know that at the end of the episode, we're gonna do our little year-end top five faves that we did this year and we're also going to reveal the fan voted top fave that uh we ran a bracket survey on our instagram for like weeks to get down to the number one screen vomit movie uh fan voted from 2020 so all that will be at the end of the episode and this week uh what we're going to talk about is the 2010 movie, The Kids Are All Right. And Kali picked this one? Yeah. Question I don't. <laughs> I, l- look, looking back on it, I really <laughs> don't know quite why. <laughs> the closest thing I could think of why I chose this one, because folks, remember, every single night I receive uh, a severe whack on the head with a mallet and I forget everything. So I have no idea what I've done or why I've done anything. My life truly makes no sense to me. And that's your excuse? The only reason I can think why I chose this movie is because it came out in a, in a past episode. I talked about like the fighter and Black Swan coming out and that being like a pivotal year of movies for me, of what mm-hmm. movies I was paying year, attention to. If you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought I remember this was in the 2010 Oscar noms. Which for, I know why, but it's very stupid to look back on. I gave a big shit about the Oscars that year. I don't know. Yeah. I was like... We uh, we all were there at some point, you know. I was like 15, 16. And uh, yeah, uh, we're we're rounded out 2020. I really picked it Mm -hmm. because you were just like, is there any movie left on our list from 2010? You didn't think there was, and I was like... Because for the listeners, in case you're not aware, we have a strict, self-imposed 10-year rule that we only do movies within the last 10 years. So as 2020 is closing out, the 2010 movies are going to be off the list, so... (laughs) Bye-bye. So we had to crunch in these... We did like three or four 2010 movies right at the end of the year, just trying to get them in under the wire, so... Yeah, I'm proud of us. This will be our la- this will be our last 2010 venture uh, until we say goodbye to the year, uh, which of course, if you're listening to this, the year has already <laughs> gone like, by. What the hell but- are these dum dums talking about? <laughs> We're still recording in December, and it counts. <laughs> uh, so shit, let's get into it. Running down the cast, we have it's written and directed by Lisa Cholodenko, mm-hmm. who. I don't know. She did this movie High Art, if anybody's seen that. She also is, this will be relevant once we get into the movie. Uh, it feels weird to just say up top, but she's a lesbian. Um, yep. It's pertinent. <laughs> uh, it's pertinent info. 
All right, and then we have starring Julianne Moore, of course. We just talked Love about her. her in Maps to the Stars. She's also in Gloria Bell, our very first episode of this podcast. I don't know if it holds up. We'll see. <laughs> uh, we have Annette Benning, who was in American Beauty, Captain Marvel, Mars Attacks. I mean, these are I love A-list celebs. Yeah, I haven't watched it in damn forever, Same. but I remember loving it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Mia Vasikovska, who we also just talked about in Maps to the Stars, and she's in Devil All the Time, which we've covered on the pod. And we have uh, Hubba Hubba Mark Ruffalo. Oh, oh. <laughs> boy, yo, 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 yoing. I am talking, he is so hot in this. You know what? I have to agree. And is this the first time I've called a man hot on this podcast? I don't know, but <laughs> I'm on Kali's side today. <laughs> he is very hot. This. Woo! Had to take a couple of cold showers after this one. Um, <laughs> and we also have Josh Hutcherson, who later became famous for the Hunger Games movies. All right, Kali, what's our critic scores? That's uh, the cast. Yeah, cricket scores. You know, there's a there's a trend here. Let me let me see if you can catch it. Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. ninety two. Okay. Certified. Certified. Fresh. Metacricket, mm-hmm. eighty six. Mm-hmm. All right. And the wild card, Google users, seventy nine. <laughs> you know what? Google users are homophobic, and my yeah, opinion. they really are. They really are. <laughs> Anytime we do a movie that has a, I hate to call being gay progressive, but anytime we do a movie with a progressive theme, there's always some kind of chumps out there voting it down so that it gets a lower score than what it deserves. And this is no exception. This movie gets a thumbs up from me generally. I shouldn't say Mm -hmm. that. Bleep. But uh, (laughs) I just thumbs it up on Google. I mean, bleeped it up on Google. (laughs) You thumbs it bleep. (laughs) All right. Um, well, yeah, let's watch the trailer and Hell then yeah. we'll get into it. Hey, Bug. Don't be back late. I know, I know, I know. Come give us a hug before you go. Hugs. Hug her. That's what she's there for. Have you thought any more about making that call? That could really hurt Mom's feelings. How can you not even be curious about it? Each of my moms had a kid with your sperm. Like in both of them. Uh-huh, like in gay. Right on. Cool. I, I, uh, I love lesbians. Great. I get it. He's their biological father and all that crap. Like, we're not enough or something? I never thought they'd use my stuff. Why not? I'm using Donor Dad, Stone Cold Fox. Is he single? First of all, you. You met him, and that's cool. And now we can move on. I want to see him again. You do? You do? So great to meet you. (laughs) Go easy on the wine, hon. It's daytime. Okay. Same goes for the micromanaging. Bud, you too, me. I was a resident, and Jules had an emergency. My tongue was numb, and I told her to relax. And then my tongue started working again. (laughs) 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 The plan was to limit his involvement. You're not gonna stick that, bro. He's not a father. He's our sperm donor. I just keep seeing my kids' expressions in your face. Really? Really? I feel like he's taking over my family. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh... <laughs> What's that look you're giving me? That's no look. That's just my face. 
Driving home on a motorcycle. This is something I just never allow. Mom, I'm 18 years old. I've just felt so far away from you lately. Why'd you donate sperm? She seemed like a lot more fun than uh, donating blood. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I did. Marriage is hard. Two people, year after year. Sometimes you stop seeing the other person. To an unconventional family. <laughs> I guess we just pop right into this one. Let's just hop right in. It's this is a very 2010 vibe. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> <You> think so? <laughs> this far out to like define really define 2010. I would say the soundtrack absolutely was 2010. Yeah, there. Oh. <laughs> There's like MGMT in the credits and like stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get into it. Even the portrayal of queer characters feels mm-hmm. so like I, I I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for myself. But I definitely take for granted how much like change there has been in cultural representation mm-hmm. of queer folks because this feels call like I mostly enjoyed this movie, but it's toothless. It's not really saying anything that much. That mm-hmm. like wild. It's just like. I, I guess if it has, like, a pro-queer message, it's just that straight, white lesbians can be good parents. Straight like, lesbians? So what did I say? You said straight, white lesbians? You know what I mean. <laughs> Cut out the straight. Rich, white lesbians is what I meant. Uh-huh. I think what you're citing is not special, I think is kind of special. So I feel I have the opposite reaction to the same thing. Okay. <laughs> And that I think kind of what's special about this lesbian love story or whatever lesbian family story Mm -hmm. is that it's unremarkable, like is that their queerness is kind of irrelevant to the story. And I think that it kind of helps normalize those kind of relationships. And especially at this time in history, like Mm -hmm. um, this movie came out in 2010. Gay marriage wasn't even legal fully in the whole country. It was in California, but only recently. And uh, we were really struggling with the like, we're just normal. Like, (laughs) we don't want to have gay marriage be legal because we want to fuck dogs. We actually just want to be old and like have kids and yeah be normal <laughs> you know and that's what I, yeah that's why i'm like acknowledging like i take for granted yeah i don't know especially because of who i associate and how much queer content i consume mm-hmm. because of the people i care about my, i completely forget what 2010 was yeah. like and that really influenced my viewing of this movie like it helps that you Like, call out those very material, like, gay marriage was not legal. Only California. Not even New York. Yeah. Uh, It's like, oh, shit, yeah. It was still fucking awful. And, like, something like this that that was allowed to be so mainstream by having these large actors in it, where, like, queer people for eternity have had to see themselves in hetero stories, right? We've had to, like figure out finagling the ways in which we can find our place in those stories or how we relate to them. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're not our stories. And what's cool about how how unremarkable the queerness of their relationship is and really kind of what the whole message of the film is essentially is like we're just like you. <laughs> like now yeah. straight people, you can also see yourselves reflected in our story. You know, like 
everybody has these troubles yeah. in your relationships, these problems with your kids being done, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Maybe not yeah. exactly detail by detail, but like, you know, these are things that are fairly common experiences to go through. Yeah. And just I- like the averageness of their story and their family is is kind of remarkable. No, the, I, I really was, uh, I did not see that at all, but it totally changes it. You're absolutely mm-hmm. fucking right. Like, yeah, when you just said, like, the, the queerness didn't, was was almost inconsequential. And my, yeah, you're you're right. I was just like, well, yeah, it was. And I'm like, but it doesn't have to be consequential. And my demands for it, or expectations, rather, <laughs> expectation yeah. for it to be pointed in some way, it being askewed, it just threw me off. And it's not like, I mean, even... In what little representation that we do have, like, so much of it, not in this movie, but in general, mm-hmm. is focusing on, like, queer struggles. Like, well, is it a movie about AIDS? Is it a movie about transphobic violence? Is it a movie yeah. about, you know, coming out and being rejected by your parents? Or, like, you know, like, these terrible things that happen to people mm-hmm. like us, where this movie is just, like, no, my moms are gay. That's cool. You know, yeah. like it's like not even an issue. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. So, <laughs> got that got it out of the top. All right. Should we just wrap? Uh yeah, we accidentally got deep off the jump. Uh and I love that for us. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um let's see. Getting into the story here. We are in possibly California. <laughs> Come on. It's 20 to you just spelled it out. <laughs> Of course it's California. It's just never said, but it seems like California. Oh, yeah. We've got two troublemaking teens. Mia plays Joni, named after Joni Mitchell, incredible, who just turned 18, and her brother, Laser. (laughs) You gotta be shitting me with this. Joni and Laser. Why is his name Laser? They never fucking address it, and I was so... (laughs) That's probably... Like, look... I'm gonna, I'll get That's it out the most the problematic thing about this movie. <laughs> this is not a five star movie for me. All right, so don't expect it at the end. One of those the laser star- knock off a star. <laughs> one of those missing stars is because they never explained why this motherfucker is named Laser. They explain why the girl is named Joni. Yes, yes, but don't and- explain why the boy is named Laser. <laughs> They're at the table. They're at the table. And they're like, oh, Joni Mitchell. And like Mark Ruffalo had the chance. Is Mark Ruffalo mostly normal brain person in this movie? Um, Should have just been like, so where did Laser's name come from? Yeah. Were you watching Austin Powers? And you were just like, ah, Laser. I hope that's the reason. Oh, my God. I hope. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, so Joni and Laser. They are the children of this lesbian couple who are Julianne Moore and Annette Benning. Each of them birthed one of the kids, and the kids want to now find out who their bio dad is. Laser asks <laughs> Joni, sorry, Laser, yeah. uh, asks, asks Joni to call the sperm bank to try and, you know, get to the bottom of it because she's 18 and you have to be 18. So that's kind of where the ground on which we're starting. Uh, so this movie is based on the director's actual real life relationship with her partner, uh, who they also have a son by donor. I don't know exactly to I, what detail. I would. It's based on her relationship. 
but uh... I'd pay like <laughs> fifteen bucks to know which part was real. <laughs> I am curious. I'm curious. I'll pay a little money. <laughs> also, there is a gay Easter egg. Uh, uh-huh. When we see Joni's room, she has a uh-huh her poster in her room. And that is a band comprised of Leisha Haley from The L Word and uh, Clea Duvall's girlfriend at the time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Little, little uh, queer Easter egg. There was a little bit of contention with this movie at the time of its release. I think some of the some of the issues that were issues when it came out are not exactly as much issues today, but yeah. uh, some of them hold a little water. So the first one is that the lesbian couple is played by two more or less straight women. Mm-hmm. Julianne Moore identifies as fluid. And I think Honestly, by the way she talks about her sexuality, I think if she was born in a different time, she might identify as pan. But mm-hmm. uh, she still, like, ostensibly says she's straight <laughs> for all intents and purposes. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and Annette Benning's also straight. So, yeah, they got some flack for casting two straight women as a gay couple in this movie. Although the director insists that she reached out to uh, Jodie Foster for the role. Oh. Who could not do it at the time. But That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it might have been cool, but I will say, like, despite having two more or less straight women in these gay roles, they had very good chemistry with each other. Oh, it was outstanding, yeah. They seemed really comfortable with each other, like, interacting with each other's bodies. I think having the lesbian director and writer really goes a long way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> For all that kind of stuff. Really yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. At the end of the day, regardless, it is a queer film. Like, it is a queer vision. It's coming out of queer eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. I agree. I will also say Julianne Moore is a damn great ally. <laughs> she has put in the work. She's yeah. been doing AIDS activism since the eight, since the 90s. She's, like, done a bunch of work for marriage equality. She even recently, like, submitted stuff for the bathroom bills thing that was going around she attends the glad awards all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, annette benning also has a trans son so they're both like (laughs) semi-related to the community sure they're allies (laughs) Uh, yeah to an extent yeah i'm just saying they've put in the work for the community without a doubt Um, so that's cool uh all right so now that we've popped off about that (laughs) (laughs) so we mentioned the kids are seeking their dad so cut to Mark Ruffalo, their hot dad, <laughs> the dad in question, Ooh. daddy, some might say. <laughs> and the thing is, you see him and you're like, wow, he's very hot. And then this, uh, my, my first note on Mark Ruffalo in my notes, Mark Ruffalo is a horny hottie and he has sex. <laughs> yeah, my first note is like, uh, this is far too horny. For for when I see Ruffalo, it's like, Ruffalo, far too horny. The inspiration behind his character, while I do, I love his character, obsessed. Um, It's actually kind of a tragic inspiration. So he based his character on his charismatic brother, who actually died mysteriously not long before filming started. Oh, shit. Um, His brother this is so wild, was found dead with a gunshot to the head and holding a gun and had two people with him who said that it was like a Russian roulette situation. But it was later proven that he could not have shot himself in the angle that he was shot, which was in the back of his head. And they couldn't prove that the two people 
did anything. There was just not enough evidence. The murder is still unsolved. And one of those people that was with him has since died of a drug overdose. And they always thought there might have been a drug thing involved. So kind of tragic that he tragically lost his brother uh, not long before this. He actually was going to give up acting. He had fired his agent and manager and was like, this is my last role and I'm not going to do acting no more. Oh, shit. But after watching the audience reaction to this movie at Sundance, changed his mind. And he had never portrayed a, like, playboy character before. And this role reignited his career. So um, we owe a lot to this movie because he was totally ready to give up acting, had truly fired his agent and manager. And this movie was pivotal for the man. How much great Ruffalo content have we received since the day? I mean, I love the Ruffalo. Come on. Countless. He's, you know, only skyrocketed since. I so, cannot think of wild. a single other movie at the moment other than... The Hulk? <laughs> he is? Yeah, he's in Avengers. There you go. He's the fucking Hulk. He also was in that movie about the tainted water that was good. He Dark was in waters. one of my favorite shows of the year called I Know This Much Is True. He was in freaking Shutter Island, Zodiac. Yeah. Everything. Zodiac was before this, but yeah. And Mark Ruffalo, I will always thank you. Because I'll never forget, when I was a junior in college, I went to a social work class and a girl said, hey, you look like Mark Ruffalo. And that was like (laughs) the best compliment I ever received. What else about Mark Ruffalo? He, um, okay, so his character in the movie owns a restaurant and a local co-op. Okay, cute. He's pulling some damn looks in this one. Okay. He is. Uh, one, one of his first looks is a jean jacket with no shirt. Uh, that's like post-coital, isn't it? Just that fuzzy little tum. No, he's pulling it at the co-op too. That's the other thing is he is always fucking. My man does not sleep alone ever. No, that's not true. He's a fuck machine. You he kidding fucks me? fucks once in the beginning, and then he fucks Julianne Moore. Yeah. But <gasps> Shh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> the implication I got from it, having mm-hmm. worked in restaurants. I don't know if he's always fucking, but I think all the girls are horny for him, for sure. And they are basically, <laughs> every girl is like, um, daddy, hello, <laughs> what you <Yes>. doing? <laughs> Absolutely. He's the hot guy at the restaurant. Uh, let's see, he has options any night of the week. That's something we could say for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Also, in his introduction, one thing that does not hold up from 2010 is one of his employees who works at the co-op is a white girl with dreads. I didn't even see that. But uh, she's barely in the movie, so... uh... (laughs) So him and the kids do meet up, and they do have an awkward meal together. (laughs) They had no plan going in. Yeah, They're just like, um, hi. (laughs) I was shocked at the... Like, this movie is paced really well. It just moves. Like, family, kids. Kids find out. They call. Next scene, they're going to meet him. Like... Yeah. But, like, wouldn't you have so many questions for your parent? Like, even, I mean, I formerly had parents, but I haven't had them in a while. And I'm constantly, I'm thinking of stuff like, oh, I wish I could ask, like, I wish I could ask my dad what our lineage is. I don't have no idea where my family's from. You know, sure, even, like, yeah. stuff like that. Like, don't you have questions about your family? I, I mean, they're teenagers. They probably, they're just fucking nervous. So, like, yeah, it makes sense. But also the scene was just so flat because like fuck of course it would be of course it'd be awkward the first time if you're like fucking 
you got to put yourself in the mind of a 17 year old. 17 year olds are weird as fuck. Yeah. So after their, maybe during their meal, I don't know, at some point we cut back to the moms and the moms are having an evening together. <laughs> oh, and what are they watching? <laughs> They put on a tape of gay porn and yeah. have lesbian sex. <laughs> yeah. After all the gay movies that have let us down with lesbian sex scenes, even though they don't, um, let's say, get to completion in this scene, they're still doing it. They're freaking going to town. They're watching yeah. gay porn together. They're exploring their sexuality together. They're exploring their kinks together. And uh, we love I think. What do you think? The Do I love what... I love the fucking... I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> Just compared to, like, the sad-ass uh, lesbian sex scenes we're normally seeing. Absolutely, uh, or yeah. our movie two movies ago where it's um, get in the covers, look at each other in the eyes, and cut to waking up with no clothes on. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's how I do it. <laughs> so we actually got a little uh, action. Yeah. <laughs> but they accidentally sit on the remote or they start no they start fighting while they're fucking <laughs> yeah what are they it's what are they fighting the one about? girl's cold julianne moore can't breathe because she's under the covers oh okay. yeah so Look. they're fighting about the covers and then they hit the remote and turn the volume to top vol so the kids <laughs> you know the button on the remote <laughs> The one button that turns it from nothing to top vol. Yeah. It goes up, down, top vol. <laughs> so they rolled over on the top vol button. And, um, and then all the gay sex noises are floating through the yeah, house. Yeah, and it's cowboys, so it's like, yeehaw, I'm <laughs> yeah. down at the Ram Ranch getting they my did Ramden. <laughs> they did watch some corny ass porn. <laughs> yeah, it's like 1970s cowboys. Yeah. It's like the porn you hear about that's not actually real anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like Debbie Does Dallas level shit. Uh, yeah, it's funny shit. It's good good shit, good scene. Um, <laughs> I do really like the moms at the beginning. Like, they're kind of cute. They're kind of sweet. They're cuddling. They're, they're like, affectionate. Sweet. Yeah, they're cute. I was very tired when I watched this movie, and I did not give it its due credit for how wholesome it is. Yeah. Uh, especially well, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> they think their son might be gay at first because he's hanging with a troublemaking teen boy a lot. The parents don't like the friend, but he's hanging with them so much they're like, are you gay? At one point we see his friend jump off the roof of a building to do a stunt and like break his wrist. He has the worst <laughs> friend of all time. It's just like... The, the boy's a piece oh of shit, God. possibly early serial killer. Just like... Scott Farkas from a Christmas story level motherfucker, mm -hmm. bully, mean. Sid piece of from shit. Toy Story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like that cartoonishly sick and depraved. Yeah. And the boys break into the parents' room and find the gay porn DVD, of course. You knew once the moms had an inkling that the kid was gay, they were going to catch them together watching gay porn. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Yep. Obviously going to happen. And then they sit him down and try to like force him to come out, which like kind of sucked. That was a moment where I noticed, I was like, this is really 2010, because it's this really corny, like, 
uh, what if your parents were gay and they would, uh, try to be too overeager about the kid coming out? They're too excited that their son's gay. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It just felt like... It just fell flat for Corny. me. I got nothing against it. They sit him down and they do the like, is there anything you want to tell us? But like, mm-hmm. is there anything worse than hearing that line? Because that's the worst. Like life flashing before your eyes type shit. I got nothing to tell you. <laughs> Anyone who's ever going to ask me that. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> the moms find out that they met their sperm donor dad and they want to put together a dinner with him so that they can meet him too. At the dinner, and this was a little bit in the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. Tell the story of how they met, and it's pretty raunchy to tell, like, in front of your kids, right? Do you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah, like, Julianne Moore basically was like, oh, my tongue was numb, and she's a doctor, so she, like, told me to relax, and then my tongue started working, and, like, uh, all, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of stuff. Nasty. Not a fan. No. uh, I don't know. It just felt weird. And like, you're right. Like, it just didn't, with her kids, her kids were right there. That's like shit my mom would say. And my mom was notoriously nasty pervert with no boundaries. (laughs) 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 That's not shit like these normal ass, you know, (laughs) these normal ass moms would say. Yeah. Yeah. Normal moms just sit and are like, oh my God, we have to redo the shelving (laughs) are you insinuating that all lesbians are carpenters (laughs) look no i'm not saying they're all carpenters what i'm saying is they all care about shelving i'm not saying they build it i'm not saying they craft it i'm saying they see it they are aware of it and they are more aware of it than most people would be (laughs) all right you heard it here folks shelving is queer Oh, boy. So, yeah, that line was weird. And the kids, like, clearly had heard it a bunch. Eh, Not for me. You couldn't just be like, I don't know, we met at the hospital. Instead of being like, oh, we met because I gave her oral sex. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Weird and gross. Julianne, her character name is Jules. Jules has been trying to start a landscape design company. And Mark hears this and hires her. But Nick is trying to limit this man's exposure to the family. She is super uptight. The insertion of this man into their lives, for whatever reason, throws her into an absolute spiral. Yeah. (laughs) She cannot handle it. (laughs) I get it. Like, introducing Mark Ruffalo's character, Paul, into that family dynamic would absolutely cause some sort of, like, shift. But, like, Annette Benning, and of course, it's just a fucking movie. So, like, yeah, they're going to cram it all in and they're going to exaggerate yeah. shit. But, like, she is, like, get him the fuck out of here. And she instantly becomes, like, a raging alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Like, where does Weird this come from? Symptom. This seems to need to be addressed. Yeah. So she becomes, like, a control freak alcoholic. Yeah. Becomes more and more rotten as the movie goes on. She's just, like, mean and rude and drinking all the time. It's not fun. Yeah, that's pretty much her, uh, her Her in the beginning. Yep. Pretty much her through the whole movie. Wow. <laughs> so Julianne Moore is a little dissatisfied with the home life because of the way this wife's acting. We saw like in the first scene or in the first sex scene, I already mentioned there was no completion or reciprocation for that matter. Oh, you're right. When Nick tries to make it up to her for being crabby and like, you know, makes her a bath and everything. Mm hmm. But then, like, leaves halfway through and is, like, 
just on the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. So kind of leaves her high and dry on that one. Yeah, a lot um, of this movie really is just like kind of slice of their life foibles. Mm-hmm. So she's, yeah, just dissatisfied with the love life at home. And they, yeah, they seem to have like deeper problems too. Like Nick clearly has like some control issues. Mm -hmm. She has some resentment towards Jules for like not working for her having to be the sole breadwinner, but also seems like she won't let her work. Long story short, they need therapy. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Uh (laughs) Yes. They need someone to mediate just a quick sit down. Well, the one girl's like fucking a raging alcoholic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like some stuff going on here. Please give them some therapy. I hope the director got therapy. (laughs) (laughs) So because of all that, once Julianne Moore does go to Mark Ruffalo's house and uh, yeah, just fully using their actor names. That's cool. Yeah, Um, yeah, well, it's fine. They do a kiss. (laughs) Yeah, seemed early. She's horny and she's uh, unsatisfied. And uh, they do a kiss. She's going to get it where she can. And as she continues to go over there, Mark's being kind of a nasty pervert while she's working. He's looking at her underwear sticking out of the back of her pants. I don't know. I was like, is that hot? <laughs> it, he's just horny. Like, he's looking just Looking at somebody's being a horny underwear guy. sticking out of their pants. That seems like more embarrassing. Yeah, than... that's what I thought too. Like, right? I was like, this isn't like you're seeing. Like, oh, sweetie, pull up your pants. Yeah, she might be wearing. I wish they just showed crack. Yeah, it's not a whale tail even. Is, it, is that a thing? Is that old? I don't know what whale tail is. It's when you see like the thong, someone's thong. Oh, I thought it's supposed to be a thong, but it's an old lady thong that they're a little thicker. Yes, thank you. Those are the I didn't those have are the, the thongs my mom wore. <laughs> Ooh, the plot gets thicker about your mom. <laughs> um, I'm spill all my mom's tea on here. She don't care. She's dead. <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> uh, if you if you laugh, it is. Yeah, um, it's a pretty historic uh, historical trait of my mom is that she always wore these thick thongs and she was always bending down at her job and you would always see her underwear in the same way that you saw Julianne Moore's in this scene. Well, But my mom also had an Eeyore tattoo on her ass that you would also see. <laughs> I tell you what, there are plenty of men like Mark Ruffalo who would be thrilled to see that. Who I'm sure were thrilled to see And it. they did. <laughs> yes. Made their day. I'm roasting my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so they kiss again and they they do sex. <laughs> they do it. I just, it, I was, yeah. They do yeah. a lot of sex. They do, and I gotta say, all right, so I'm historically a person who hates sex in movies. Yes. It's been well established on this pod. I didn't mind it. <laughs> it seemed, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't mind, mind it either. the sex. You're getting Julianne more naked? Um, yeah. yeah. Go off. And Mark Ruffalo having sex? He doesn't get to have sex a lot. Two hotties doing hot stuff? Uh, I was kind of into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> table for table for two. <laughs> and I don't know why Mark Ruffalo, I don't know. A lot of times when I when men are having sex, like when cis men are having sex, it feels like aggressive and nasty. Sure, and sure. And I just don't really get that vibe from him. I don't know. He seemed gentle? He has a gentle personality. He's just kind of a sweet man. He's a gentle lover. 
He's a soft feminine boy. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, they do big sex, but it gets interrupted by her co-worker. Ugh. Her employee or whatever. That was a real pff, wrench in the old gears, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, we're, can't you see we're trying to have an affair up here? <laughs> keeps calling her and calling her it's like hey leave her alone she's she's busy you know so they and they're having like a full affair they sleep together several times yes this was at the time of the release of this movie Mm -hmm. a thing that they received big clap back for from the gay community specifically because this is kind of a trope in lesbian stuff, lesbian stories or whatever. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it kind of comes down to the like heterosexual myth that all a gay woman needs is a, a good fuck by a man, you know, and all gay women secretly oh, yeah. desire men. And uh, it kind of feeds on the fantasies of a straight audience rather than a gay one. I agree. Yeah. Because why couldn't it have been? a like charismatic motorcycle riding lesbian that seduced her uh why did it have to be a man yeah i mean this was a big thing that bothered me i don't pretend to watch like anywhere near as much queer content as kayla and i'm sure it's just viewing it through the lens of 2020 but this just felt tropey like you called it you, you called it out it's just like yeah yeah why is this relevant like you know the queerness didn't matter to the story when queerness does matter, it skews public view. Mm-hmm. It informs viewers. Like, I guarantee you, more people than you know, like, me, us included, our idea of the queer community, quote-unquote, or queer people, is influenced by what we see in media. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, especially on any kind of marginalized story or portrayal, it's going to inform the the public view somehow. Mm-hmm. And if it's informing straight people that this is how gay people are, that sucks. And if it's gay people are trying to find themselves in the things that they that we see, this ain't it, chief, if you're a lesbian. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but Julianne Moore has responded to this critique saying that she can see why people took issue with the situation. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, she felt that Jules's character was someone that was very fluid, both sexually and personally. Sure. And at this point in her life, she was kind of floating in the sense of her entire identity, uh, including as a woman, including as a person in her career, in her relationships, everything. She was just kind of floating and uncertain and ungrounded. Mm-hmm. So she felt like it made sense for the character to be into a man i don't know like i do feel like in 2010 this was a lot more tropey but like in 2020 i feel like everyone i know is fluid (laughs) to some degree do you know what i mean like (laughs) yes yes (laughs) even if you're two percent bisexual like yeah (laughs) everyone i know is kind of just what wherever the wind takes them as far as dating goes uh and and regardless of where they kind of identify on the spectrum things are so much more fluid that maybe we would have seen this differently had it come out now Mm -hmm. i don't know who's to say there are arguments on both sides (laughs) i mean yeah it's kind of a moot point at the end of the day the story is how the story is yeah Uh, that's true we can't affect it but i but i critiquing it is still definitely valuable yeah Yeah. And also, I mean, I kind of said that it is a fantasy for the heterosexual eye. And did they include that 
to try and make it more heteronormative for a mainstream audience? I guarantee, I guarantee it helped. Is that how we get the straights to watch our movies? <laughs> Put a little bit of straight sex in it? <laughs> anyway, they do keep having an affair, and every time they say, we can't do this anymore, they're instantly horny again, and they do it again. Yep, right on cue. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo says that he's falling for her. Boy, you barely know the girl. He's like, che- that's cheesy shit, man. That was corny. <laughs> So when she goes outside from having had all day long sex with Mark Ruffalo, (laughs) her employee is like smiling at her and she fires him. He knows knows what's up. Yeah, he knows too much. (laughs) We get a tiny little scene. I mean, it's hard to even pull it into the story because it's such a small scene, but of Mia having dinner with her friend who is a horny little girl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This threw me off. The entire yeah. movie, I kept seeing all of these teenagers as 30-year-olds. I kept kept seeing them as, like, adults. So when they... they I remember the scene when they're like, ooh, la la la, like Mark Ruffalo's restaurant. And the friend's, like, horny. I'm yeah, la- I was like, uh, yeah, go shoot your shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone else is getting laid with him. Golly! Yeah. <laughs> She's a teen. <laughs> I kept forgetting. She's probably like, freshly 18, right? Because Mia just turned 18. Uh, her character did. Still, so she her should not. her friend's probably 18. No. But Mia is like slut shaming her so hard for just being outwardly horny, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It just like straight up calls her a but slut. But it's also her dad. Well, yeah, she still, like, call her She slut. was being horny in an earlier scene as well. And yeah, just straight up calls her a slut and is like, you seem desperate and nasty when you talk that way or something like that. She's mean. She is really mean, and I don't really understand why. In 2010, slut shaming was still like super cool. (laughs) Yeah, everyone was into it. They do it a bunch on Parks and Rec if you ever watch back. Who do they slut it's fun. shame? I don't know. They do it a bunch of times or like they oh, do a yeah, lot of cause... like, let's save the strippers. They all need saving kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So the rude wife is trying to be cool <laughs> and says, basically invites the whole family to have dinner at Mark's house. <laughs> like, okay, just invite yourself over. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. a whole last dinner party. The dinner's fucking weird. That's when... The whole conversation about Mia's character, Joni, being named after Joni Mitchell comes up at the table and Rude Wife starts singing a song for like way too long. Like it's uncomfortable. Like, why are you singing so long at the table? This is so weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that scene was just I mean, like, it's the scene that Mark Ruffalo and Annette Bening start to, like, build their bridge. She's finally starting to chill out and be normal. Yeah, like, Annette Bening is starting to be like, I can't imagine one band being the foundation. Or the, like, oh, you're cool now. Because you like... This one artist that I like I tell you what, (laughs) most people who have the same music taste as I do, they don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> the I, type of music you like is for I re- freaks. Yeah, it really is. I'm not a huge fan of most, like, that's why I don't bond with people over music. Ugh. But the types of, like, these people are, they're like 50 at this time, these older women. Yeah, yeah, 45, whatever. They responded to music differently in those times, and uh, there were fewer <laughs> artists 
of less genres available Mm -hmm. in their heyday. You know? Yeah. So anyway, the scene's weird, and it only gets weirder because when she goes to to his bathroom, um, she just starts pulling hair off the hairbrush and getting hair out of the shower drain. Real freak-ass shit. Real Um, flimsy. Could be anybody's hair. I mean, he's a single man. He could have anyone over. She doesn't know his life like that. And then the most deranged thing of all, or (laughs) I don't know, it's up there. She takes his hand towel and wipes her mouth with it. That's disgusting. Yeah, that was, I, I agree. That's uh, that's true freak shit. Don't be wiping your mouth on some stranger's hand towel or even on your own. You know what? That's gross. Hand towels are for clean hands and nothing else. You have a strict hand towel policy. Don't be nasty. Yes. I, I you so, know what? I t- I, I, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. Anything else is nasty. Just for clean hands. That's the correct way to live. You go wiping your mouth all over everything, then when you wipe your clean hands on there later, you got mouth germs all over. You're That's right. That's disgusting. That's right up there with just like traffic lights as just like, look, you just gotta follow this for if we're gonna have a civilized society. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then when your friend comes over, they don't wash their hands as good as you do. They'll be wiping their hands on your hand towel. You put your mouth on that later. No, That's nasty. True. Yeah. And especially this woman is in a single man's home. Okay. We know how they live. <laughs> Not great. I don't want to live alone again. <laughs> Look, I love living with Lindsay. Living with Lindsay Who is knows great. where the fuck I that love... towel has been. <laughs> I, and, but if you ask me, like, is there a percentage of the reason you like living with Lindsay is that so you're not left to your own devices? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Most straight men should not be left to their own devices when it comes to living. Yeah. It's bad news. I need corralled. I need I need someone to <laughs> whip me into shape. <laughs> so this woman is nasty and deranged. And somehow, just finding the hair and the drain and on the brush, she puts some dots together that her wife is sleeping with Mark Ruffalo. Because only one person with red hair lives in California. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's so weak. There could have been anything. Yeah. Like, cell phones were around at that time. She fucking leaves her underwear. Mm-hmm. Like, easy peasy. She walks by the bedroom, her underwear is under the bed. I don't know. I, why don't, Why am I not writing films? <laughs> Honestly. Oh, boy. Um, but so she was happy wife, and now she switched back to dark wife. And there's a, the scene when she gets back to the table is pretty intense. The camera's like right up on her face, and she's like... Yeah! She's dark wife. She's gone dark. Dark wife is the... Uh, is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> So basically now the affair is out in the open. I mean, yeah, yeah. they leave the house. They go back home. The affair's out in the open. They're arguing about it in the bedroom, but the kids are outside. They hear everything. So now the whole family knows what Julianne Moore has done. Mark calls her on the phone (laughs) and has an unhinged response, which is, (laughs) oh, now everybody knows. Well, let's just do this. Yeah, come on. Let's get serious why the fuck not what do we got to lose huh (laughs) your family nah (laughs) like what the fuck it's so crazy mark shows up during their family dinner later on which is mia's last dinner before she leaves for college so it's kind of an important family dinner and Mm -hmm. he just pops up at the house seeming lost yeah he seems real disheveled at this point this is a good case because i'm sure he is 
not been taking care of himself in this in this interim. He is what happens when men are like we don't really know how to process our emotions terribly well off the bat. <laughs> so when bad things happen, like all that happened was he was rejected, and that sucks. But that yeah. is a pretty easy thing to move over. By a woman who was unavailable from the get-go. He needs someone to r- wrangle him in, you know? Someone needs Desperately. someone needs to go out and herd, like, loose single men. <laughs> we need to put them in pens, I'm Help sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be out left to their own devices. <laughs> We've seen their houses. I, I was one of them, and I am now advocating... We need, we need to... You've been rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah, I've been rehabilitated. We, we need to create some re-education camps for, like, cleaning your room and having a trash can. Oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he ruins their family dinner, basically. And you know what? Even people with two moms can still be disappointed by their dads. How about that? <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And his last little, like, glimmer of hope, the boy is the only one left at the table, and he he's peeking through the window and gives a little smile to the boy who leaves the table, so then he knows it's real, that he's the out. family hates him. Yeah. And Julianne Moore gives a beautiful speech about how she's so sorry and everything. You know what? This is kind of a aside, but I watched a um, Billy on the Street with her. You can find it on YouTube where they were doing. You're familiar with Billy on the Street, right? Yes, yes, yes. What's his name? Billy Eichner, mm-hmm. like runs around screaming questions of people in New York City. <laughs> but yeah. um, she was a guest on it and they were going around like the part of town where like Spider-Man and mickey mouse and whatever like hang out and try and charge people money to take pictures with them and they were like instead of taking this picture with spider-man give julianne more money and she'll do a monologue from one of her famous movies (laughs) oh hell yeah it was honestly incredible she cried on demand like three times and she did this speech that she does in this movie oh uh, at one point (laughs) and did it i would say exactly to the t the same that she does it in the movie it was crazy but it was it was really cool (laughs) (laughs) cool funny uh bit (laughs) i I love a cool funny bit yeah and i love when julianne moore is involved with that as well always (laughs) so they go to back to the movie they go to drop mia off at college and um this whole time she's been kind of fighting her fighting for her independence but once she finally gets to college and it's real that everybody's going to be actually leaving her alone and yeah. she's going to be actually independent, she is very, like, you can feel, like, how sad and scared and everything she is. There's tearful goodbyes. It's very sweet. It really was. Yeah, yeah. I really liked this. The emotional aspect of it was perfectly captured, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it just, like, for a movie that I think you know, the trailer is not representative of how corny this movie is, but this movie <laughs> is a little corny. Um, mm-hmm. This did not feel terribly corny. This felt very sweet and genuine. Yeah. Just nice. I mean it. Like, this. I see this movie as very wholesome because at the beginning and end of it, I felt like, oh, wow, like, who can you truly rely on? Like, who's there for you in the right way? That's your family kind of stuff. Mark was fun for a fuck, but, like, at the end of the day, 
he's not going to be there for emotional support or no. anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think just going through that emotional ride together, the two moms, mm-hmm. uh, of like dropping off their daughter and like having that separation and it's a really emotional for both of them everybody's crying absolutely having that like sadness together that they're both experiencing that Mm -hmm. together like really pushes them back together you know it's very sweet and when they're in the car the son goes i don't think you guys should break up you're too old (laughs) (laughs) and they hold hands I think that's roll cred. That is. It's a it's a well-paced movie. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. I will say, I did a little bit low-key want them to become Polly with Mark. Oh, that's a big <laughs> 2020 lens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you, though. Uh, if they could have become a little polycule, that would have been yeah. top tier. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's really what I was hoping for. And then I was a, I was disappointed at the end. I'm, and I know. It doesn't lose any points because of it. But like, yes, I wanted it. And I don't know, like, the way the movie leaves is, is he going to be involved with them at all? Like, yeah, they, it doesn't seem like it. I don't know. They really leave him. In the damn dust. Yeah. He has no real closure. Yeah. And I just want, I want him to be okay. <laughs> of course. He's an all right guy. Um, yeah. So, okay. We've rolled the creds. I thought this was a really well done, like family drama. It was sweet. It was just enough of everything. And then plus it was queer. Yeah. Uh, that's tight. I liked it. Is it something I'm going to rewatch? I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but I, I thoroughly like had a pleasant time watching it. What am I going to give it? I think I'm going to give it a three. Yeah? It was good. It was fine. It was a pleasant experience. Yeah. But ultimately, did it leave me with anything? Like, uh, am I really struck by this movie? Like, is it going to stick in my heart forever? Am I going to rewatch it? But probably no on all accounts. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Three stars. Yeah. This is just Woo, a nice, Twittergy. Like, you could watch this. Well, I wouldn't watch this with my parents. Too much sex. The, the sex scene is a little much yeah. for a parent watch. It's not a family movie, but it's about family. Unless you got really freak-ass parents. <laughs> yeah, unless you got parents who are like Mark Ruffalo in this movie. <laughs> hot. Yeah, only watch this movie with your parents if your parents are hot. <laughs> now it's time for Scream Vomit. Ali, what have you been watching? Oh boy, what have I been watching? I've been on a little bit of a wild ride. Yeah? Uh, I watched Birds of Prey. That was fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoy. I liked Ewan McGregor. Lindsay and I watched a movie called Tangerine. Have you? I might be late. It no, I haven't seen it. Came out in like 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Would not mind doing it for the podcast, potentially. Um, okay. It is list. incredible. Fucking blew me away. Awesome. Uh, I watched Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, 1992 flick where he just does drugs and kills people for 90 minutes. Hell yeah. And then is incredibly <laughs> remorseful and dies. It, it rocks. Sick. Wild fucking movie. You see his dong. Um, <laughs> but then I watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which just fucking rocks. Hot damn. What a, what a flick. 
<laughs> Everyone loves Terminator 2 Judgment Day. If you haven't watched it this year, I would recommend watching it. It's just, like, so well put together and such an easy watch. In that same vein, I watched Little Nicky with Adam Sandler from the year 2000. Oh my god, you always <laughs> got one little wrench in there, okay? <laughs> And how did that go? <laughs> little Nicky gets three stars from me. No. I enjoyed Little Nicky. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that does not hold up. Callie's but fucking unhinged. <laughs> he talks like this for the whole movie. And it never, it, trust me, it never gets old. Oh my god. <laughs> what are you even watching? <laughs> All right, so last episode, I had started watching the show Kidding on Showtime with Jim Carrey. And uh, I finished the show now. There's only two seasons. Okay. Um, I would say season, in my review, season two is weak. It sucks. I don't think they knew where they were going with season two until like episode seven out of ten. Wow. (laughs) The last three episodes were pretty good, but like the first few were like, they had a musical episode. Ugh. I mean, come on. Uh, That's You gotta be on point if you're gonna do a musical episode. For me, I would say you're canceled if you do a musical episode. <laughs> no musical episodes, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mostly, I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so the show overall, I would say, is just fine. It passed the time and it was enjoyable enough. <laughs> <laughs> Only watch it if you have a connection to Jim Carrey. Other than that, there's no reason to turn that on. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I also watched with Friend of the Pod Mary for our 90s horror club. I watched Scream 3, which was... The worst one, right? Yeah, it was bad. I don't know why I had a memory of Scream 3 being my favorite one, but I literally didn't remember a single thing about it. Nothing rang a bell the entire time. The murderer's story, no spoiling, but uh, Mm -hmm. his thing was pretty weak. And uh, even cringe, Mm. I would say. (laughs) So three, bad. Two remains the best uh, up to this moment. We're going to watch four soon, so we'll see. You know who does Um, fucking rock and scream three, though? I think I said it last time. Fucking Parker Posey. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Parker Posey. I fucking love. I love her so much. I wish she was in more things. She has a little Um, side bit in scream three, and she kills it. She kills it in everything she's ever done. Are you kidding me? Like, Parker Posey is, like, top tier. I love her so much. Also, Scream 3 is the uh, infamous Courtney Cox bangs movie. That's pretty brutal. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Scream 3, bad. Lastly, I watched High Art, which is the same director as Kids Are All Right. Uh It's her other movie from, like, the 90s, I think. It was fine. I'd say mostly bad. The end was good. <laughs> it's just uh, a bunch of people laying around doing heroin for most of the time. <laughs> but it is also like a lesbian love story, sort of. But ultimately, guess what? The person that's in love overdoses on heroin and dies. So oh. you could see it coming a mile away. That's oh. not even a spoiler because you can see it coming. Fine enough. Wouldn't really recommend it. <laughs> so that's what I watched this week. Hell yeah. So all that being said, we've come to the point in the episode where we'll do our little year-end countdowns. Da, so da, 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 it's the end of the year countdown time tonight. Oh. <clears throat> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with final countdown, but okay. <laughs> no, I forgot that was a song. <laughs> All right, should we start with the fan-voted? 
So we went through all of the episodes we've released in 2020 up to Maps to the Stars. So anything that's Mm -hmm. come out after that, we'll just wrap around to the next year because we had to have time to do the bracket. So fan voted, y'all voted every day for like weeks. This is the top three fan voted movies that we covered this year. All right. All right. Number three. Number three. Good time. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Number two, Mandy. Oh. And the number one movie fan voted that we did this year, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Swiss Army Man (laughs) is one that I I am like, yes, I'm so glad it got made. And I am so glad it's out there. But for some reason, it just did not click with me. Yeah. And I I definitely need to give it a rewatch. Yeah. Give it Um, a rewatch. It brings me so much joy. Yeah. Maybe I was in a time crunch. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. All right, let's do um, let's Collie's top five, or should we go one by one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, let's go one by one. My, mine aren't ordered. This was really hard. It was really hard for me too because we did a lot of really good movies this year. So, like last year, for those who are newer listeners, mm-hmm. our podcast started as a we only covered movies that were in theaters at the time. So yep. we would just pick a movie that was in theaters and then go watch it and do a pod on it. But because of, like, the types of movies that get in theaters, there's not always a banger, right? So we did a lot more bad movies, (laughs) which is still just as fun to talk about a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. But there was just a lot, a little more variety in uh, in between the good and the bad of the movies we were covering for last year. Mm -hmm. So for this year, because movie theaters have been closed the whole year, we've been selecting all the movies that we're doing so we're getting a lot the ratio of bad to good is a much slimmer ratio we we didn't really do that many bad movies no i don't know if we do bad movies anymore we've done a couple but on accident just like movies we wanted to see and then they ended up being bad fuck out of here braid um, (laughs) braid or uh what was the cult movie that we did we can never think of the name of oh other lamb the other lamb like that was bad but they could have been good. They just weren't. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So anyway, that just made doing the top five this year a lot harder, where last year it was more like, okay, well, there's obviously five that were the top. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, that, all that being said, mine aren't numbered. My number one is numbered, and all the rest are tied for number two. <laughs> what the hell? I spent so much time meticulously being like, oh, shit, like, who gets number three? Three. The number three slot was highly coveted. Yeah. I have a solid number one, and then I have four movies that are tied for number two, and then I have an honorable mention. Okay. What's your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Ready or Not. Oh, it's a great movie. Just didn't make my top It's a great movie. It's just so fun. And like, when I'm thinking of, so I created my list. Well, number one is just an all-timer for me. So it's just going to be number one. Yeah. The rest of the movies, I thought of like, what movies would I do I think that everyone should watch that sure, are sure, so sure. good everyone should see them ready or not is so fun yeah, I do think everyone should watch it but it's not like life changing but no. I'll never forget it <laughs> I'll yes. remember it a lot more than the kids are all right <laughs> without a fucking doubt also I don't know just facts ready or not was our most played episode of the year so people love that movie you, which is great it deserves love it's a good movie no, without a doubt all right so that was my honorable mention so now what do we do i'll go first <laughs> my number five uh-huh. death of dick long wow okay 
Yep, it cracked the top five. It was... I want to rewatch it, but it really was unlike anything else I'd ever seen mm-hmm. up to that point. In a, in a totally unique way, too. It's, this just fucking blew me out of the water in a weird way. In a really subtle way. You know, I think we did several movies this year that that is true for. Like, I watched so many movies this year that are like... This is insane. I've never seen anything like this. I've never felt this way. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad that this kind of cinema yeah. is being made type stuff this year. And that's incredible. Yeah. All right. Death of Dick now Long is a good solid choice. One, one of your um, number twos. Okay. All of these are tied. So I just want that to be clear. That's not how it goes, but okay. <laughs> I want that to be clear because I, w- I just want it to be understood that they're not low on a list. They're yes. all tied for number two. Not how um, it goes. Okay. So picking one, I'm going to pick Shin Godzilla. Another one that blew me away in a way unlike any other movie. I had not seen static, boring scenes used so effectively. Also, just like going into the movie, the expectation versus the reality of this movie. like Incredible. You do not expect to be like completely moved by like a monster movie. You know, like it had such a message to it. The way everything was about it was so cool. It was very unique, very special. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great movie. All timer, I would call it. I would say all the ones on my top five are probably all timers for me. Same, same. (laughs) We watched some fucking good movies this year. Okay, your turn. My number four movie, because I ordered them what you're supposed to do is you know top five (laughs) i Uh, really tried i could not uh first reformed okay yeah that doesn't surprise me i love it i love first reformed so much i I really cannot recommend like a movie i think everyone should see yes Mm -hmm. your quote-unquote number four (laughs) okay good time outstanding such a good movie (sighs) such a good movie a thrill from t to b rp in that movie his character fucking bonkers ass shit the way he looks insane everything that happened the way everything looked the vibes it was stressful but like in a really fun way it was just so good to me yeah it's outstanding number three classic all-timer never rarely sometimes always okay yeah that's also my next one so (laughs) yeah just like completely just changed how i view reproductive health like that yeah i I really do combine that viewing experience with the recording experience yeah i do too our episode on that it's an all-timer episode our conversations that we had around that stuff were so good really all these but (laughs) yes yes but that one in particular is a standout yeah that movie was also one that like it's a story we haven't seen told in such a way yep and unlike anything else i've ever seen way yeah it's another one of those and with like actors that are like that was sydney's first acting experience and they were so good and Mm -hmm. and we got them on the pod too that's crazy um yeah, that oh, yeah. movie was so fucking good. Yeah, everybody should watch that too. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that was on both of our lists. So now who goes? <laughs> All right, back to me. Number two, Shin Godzilla. <laughs> okay, yeah, so. Yeah, that tells you number one. But uh, <laughs> yes, I t- we talked about Shin Godzilla earlier. Your number uh, Your number two? Uh, my number two is what I'm guessing is your number one, which is Mandy. <laughs> yes, yes. Mandy, I mean, what can we say? Like, great movie. Looks incredible. Also a very unique experience. I have a great time every single time I watch Mandy. And yeah, I don't know what more I can say. Like I want out of a movie. Like I know, like there are movies that I appreciate in different ways for their nuance and for how they've, you know, f- 
shaped my opinion. I, like, at point to never, really, sometimes, always. But mm-hmm. Mandy is just such a visceral, fun thrill ride, and I live for that yeah, kind of shit. Sure. And then my number one was, of course, Swiss Army Man. Ugh. It's great. It is. It's so great. It's such yes. a unique story. It's so funny, but also heartbreaking, heartwarming. It's like breaks your sense of reality. Like it's so fun. And the way it integrates music is bonkers. It's never been done like how it is in that movie. Uh, yeah. The final vote for the fan vote came down to Mandy and Swiss Army Man. They were the, you know, the top two before Swiss Army Man won. And that was like a really difficult choice but for me ultimately it came down to swiss army man i think is a more creative idea mm-hmm. sure. they just you could- invented a whole such a world of things that you would never even think of like mandy has a lot of creative aspects to it but ultimately it's a revenge story on a cult that kidnapped a girl do you know what i mean yeah absolutely uh, and and that's something that's been done a a story that's been told even though it's told in a really unique way i mean it is a special movie don't get me wrong but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. swiss army man is about a farting corpse who washed up on a beach and like became a swiss army knife for a kid who ran away and i don't know like it's so crazy you know and the movie just lifts my heart yeah yeah it's so fucking unique maybe the most unique thing i've ever seen (laughs) yeah uh, it's definitely an all-time movie for me, and it always puts me in a good mood. It lifts my spirits. I love oh, yeah. it. Hell so there's yeah. our top five movies. For the year. I also did, if I may, <laughs> mm-hmm. I made a top four shows that I watched this year. Go for it. If I can just put those out. I realized today that I had watched, I added up the total, 76 seasons of shows this year, plus a oh, couple boy. halvesies. Oh, boy. So that's a fucking lot of TV, which is... Maybe I'm fucked up from it. I don't know. So I just made a quick top four. Y'all know I love to watch shows, so I got to do my recs. Number four, I'm Becoming a God in Central Florida on Showtime. Watch it. Number three, I May Destroy You, which is on HBO. Mm -hmm, Watch mm -hmm. it. Number two, I Know This Much Is True with our boy Mark Ruffalo playing Lindsay, two Lindsay roles. just watched it and is like yelling at me to watch it too now. I'll get around it's, to it. Kali, honestly, it's so good, and it's only six episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Number one, Legion. Legion was such a good show. Hell yeah. Uh, so creative and wild. So watch those shows. I think everybody should see those shows. They're all so good. All right. There so that's go. our rundown for the end of the year. Thanks for letting me do shows. Or <laughs> 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 thanks for listening, folks. Thank for you all very this much. year. Thanks for participating in the votes and everything. We have such a great time doing this. Yeah. And... The, the fact that you are listening to this as opposed to literally anything else that you have access to is uh, <laughs> means a, really a lot to me, uh, to us. And me. Yeah. yeah. Then just thank through you. Through this year. Yeah. Through this year. I live alone. I work alone. <laughs> this is basically my only socialization. So it also <laughs> uh, contributes a huge deal to my personal sanity Hell yeah. just doing this. So, <laughs> so yeah, we really appreciate the listeners. We and do. Just got to give a shout out. And we got some cool things planned for 2021 already. So thanks for going on the ride with us, y'all. All right. All that being said. 
Yeah. We also need to thank Thin Swimmer for our theme song many, you know, years ago. <laughs> yep. Letting us use his song. You can find us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. Uh, give us a subscribe if you haven't already. And while yeah. you're there, give us a little rating and review. And if you like us, um, I don't know, help share. You tell your friends, share our posts. It's really helpful. Yeah. You can also send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie, other movies, the end of the year countdowns, whatever. You can also check out Kali's other podcast, How to Fire Your Boss, also on all the things. And big reveal. <gasps> Next week, we have a special movie we're going to do. So longtime listeners will be thrilled that we're going to finally do this movie. At time of recording, it is before Christmas and before Kali's birthday. So as a present to my best pal, Kali, <laughs> I'm going to let us do <laughs> a movie Kali has been raving about for years, trying to convince me to watch and bringing up on... Uh, some would say every single episode of the podcast. Maybe. <laughs> crawl. Oh, I cannot We're gonna wait. We're going to do Crawl. <laughs> Watch it, folks. Crawl is so good. 2019. Crawl. So this will be really special for Kali. Oh, <laughs> I love the... Crawl so much. Kayla, last and year, for the viewers, Kayla yeah. made me a hat for about Crawl. I wear that. I did. Hat. You do? Of course. <laughs> I love Crawl. Hell Yeah. All right, so watch Crawl and catch us on the next step, babies. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello? Are you talking yes, again? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I heard you now. <laughs> Why you I don't know what's time of free. You're cutting out on me, too, every now and then, but it's really? mostly when you're making a lot of noise and, like... You're laughing or something. Oh. Because <laughs> you'll just come, cut in like mid-laugh. Oh, interesting. So you yeah. think you're bombing for a second. That's probably good for you. <laughs> it is really good for me. I, it's, it's good. <laughs> After every joke, there's just been a little like one second silence and I'm like, okay. That's okay. <laughs> like right now. <sighs> Am I back again? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>